Super Bowl Sunday, 1998. I don't remember who was playing in the game because I was too busy planning the party. But even then, I got started late. You know they don't sell alcohol in Georgia on Sundays. Oh, what am I going to do? They sell it at restaurants. Wait, I work at a restaurant. So we put a plan together. Motormouth style, I distracted the manager while Lamonte wheeled a keg out of the walk-in cooler on a dolly as Cliff backed in the van and opened up the doors. We popped the keg in the back and drove away unscathed. Mission accomplished, except we didn't have a tap. I nearly forgot about that. So we started working the phones, found some friends in Midtown Atlanta that had a tap for us. A little far away from our place in the burbs, but we drove out because we needed to get that keg tapped. We got there, some other people that we worked with were sitting around. One lady, I thought she was a little uptight, but there she was, pretty chill on the couch. Look, <laughs> these guys are here, she says. Hey guys, we got a wiener dog. He likes it when you scratch his belly. <laughs> Look, I'm scratching his belly, scratching his belly. That was not his belly. The red lipstick came out and we were out. We got to tap. <laughs> the boys tapped the keg in the back of the car. Lamonte, Big Money T, what are you guys doing back there? Hey, player, we just drinking. Keep driving. All right, all right, all right. Woo! Oh, no, it's Georgia's finest. They walk up to the car. What are you boys doing? Oh, I'm just going back to a Super Bowl party, sir. Nothing to see here. Is that a keg in the back? Yes, sir, but you're not 21. Those people are both of age. Big Money T, Lamonte showed their IDs. Back in Georgia in 1998, you could have one open container per person in the car that's not the driver, so we were good there. What about those Swisher Blunts? Well, Lamonte just likes smoking cigars, sir. I don't know what to tell you. Well, we want to search the van. No, I'm sorry. We don't have time for that. You got any weapons? Got any guns, drugs, atomic bombs? Did you say atomic bombs? Sometimes they just throw things out there to disarm you. So you're like, search the car, but that's the wrong answer. Never say search the car. Make them work a little harder than that, even if you've got nothing on you. So I kept saying no, stuck to my guns. A couple more cops come out. They start telling me I've got the wrong license plates on the car. They just want to search. Just let us search it. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Okay. Time to go. So we take our tout keg and probably, I don't know, we can get back to that Super Bowl party. Kickoff comes and guess what? Party one. Go team. Hey. We're going to win the party today when we start joshing around. I might tell more stories about living in a van unless I get played out. And in that case, we'll just listen to the best call-in on record yet. All of this and more today when we start joshing around. I took a lot of heat yesterday comparing communion wafers to better cheddar cheese crackers. And for that, I'm sorry. But I do want to tell you that when I was a kid, my priest told a joke in mass about a little boy who ended up dropping his cheese and crackers in the mud. My priest, very Irish, told it just like this. A boy was walking through the mud when he dropped his cheese and crackers. He was bringing his cheese and crackers back to his mother, so when he dropped them in the mud, he got very upset, and he screamed out, Cheese and crackers got all muddy! And a priest was walking by and said, Little boy, what did you say to me? How are you going to just say, Jesus Christ and God Almighty? And the boy said, No, what I said was, Cheese and crackers got all muddy. So you could see why I innocently compared Jesus to cheese crackers. But if you did take offense, my bad. I want to share a quick bit of inspiration with you before we get too far off the rails. You know I'm coaching a little league baseball team. The kid that brings the biggest spark to the team. He's not just a great player, but he's a great teammate. Always asking what he can do for others is a kid I saw firsthand get two teeth knocked out at a baseball game last year. That's right, he had his glove out and the ball just missed it. Hit him right in the face and his two top front teeth shot up in the air like shooting stars and they cascaded it off his body. 
blood just started gushing out like somebody was trying to drink his milkshake. And his dad ran out on the field, cradled this little guy, and they got him straight to the hospital. Not in time to save the teeth, though. So this little guy comes to practice with two fake teeth in his mouth and a mouthpiece to keep him safe. So I'm here to tell you, if you ever get hit in the face with a baseball in life, just get right up, throw in your mouth guard, and keep playing the game. Oh man, cheers for the love, bro. Oh man, that's <laughs> shit. It's good to know someone's listening, but I'm just new to this app, you know. I'm just trying to figure out how to use this thing, man. But uh, I appreciate the love so much, man. And I wish I was in some garden somewhere, bro, chilling, just majestically smoking a blunt, just sipping a nice cold cup. You know what I mean? But yeah, seriously though, man, love is real. I'm just down at Australia, man. I don't know where about you are, but we gotta catch up, man. <laughs> We're boys now. You got that? <laughs> nah, but well, seriously, though, man. Cheers for the love, man. <laughs> I'm call all my homies back in Africa, and I'ma let them know, bro. <laughs> we gonna burn some real grass, yeah. Bro, you don't even know, man. Like, uh, I definitely, I'm inspired. I'm gonna smoke more blunts. I stay away from it, but um, not because I don't like them, but because I feel like it wastes a lot of weed. But you know what? I think uh, I, the social aspect is my favorite part of smoking weed. And so um, I'm going to try to smoke more blunts with friends. Blunts with friends. That's what I want in 2018. Yes, now we're starting to get off the rails. That's how I like it. Thank you so much for the call-ins. Though not the best call-in on record yet, that's coming later in the show. Over the weekend, I was reading an opinion piece in one of the many Florida newspapers I peruse, and it was telling how you could become Florida man. Come, work on your tan, enjoy some fishing, develop an addiction to amusement parks. Well, that's me. I have a $5,000 a year addiction to amusement parks, which is comparable with a Coke problem. But realistically, it's a lot cheaper than if my whole family had a Coke problem, right? My kids have a ton of extra time on their hands. They could certainly get into some weight there, but <laughs> I have buyer's remorse on this segment already. I kind of feel dirty about it. Let's go another direction. Not to ruffle any more feathers, but I've heard it said that Christianity was the world's first big brand. What do you need for a successful brand? Well, you need a good story, a great product offering, and fantastic graphic design. Check, check, and check. What's the graphic design? Well, it's the cross. Think about it. There's more crosses on people's necks and walls than there are victory checks on people's shoes, though I'm sure the margins are getting closer every day. You also need strong advertising. Word of mouth is always the best way to spread the news. And guess what? Gospel actually means good news. Spreading the words is what Christians do best. And part of the reason is because the product offering is so strong. If you had the ability to sell everlasting life, don't you think you might be salesman of the month? Many people would want to buy that, much more than just a term life insurance policy. That's how the word spread from the catacombs all the way to Joel Osteen's mega church. I wish I had a better Joel Osteen impression. All I got is a good smile and a fantastic tie knot. Nonetheless, think about it. Christianity versus Coca-Cola. Who's going to win? Well, pfft. In the end, it's original sin to say Coca-Cola, okay? So, I'll end here. We know who wins. You're listening to Ambient Noise on Anchor.
Anchor.fm. I mentioned before that the van had two captain seats up front and a bench bed in the back. What did we have in between? Well, we laid down an oriental rug, we sat in an end table, and added a leather armchair to class up the joint a bit. On top of the end table, we had an 8-track player. Go to at MLB Realtor to get a look at this thing. It was a nautical 8-track player that resembled R2-D2. What made it nautical was the bottom was a suction cup. My grandfather bought it for his boat in the 70s, but it allowed us in the van to easily stick it onto the end table, and it didn't go anywhere as we listened to Bill Withers, the now artist explosion. My mom even had some pornographic 8-tracks. I can get into that later, maybe. At one point in high school, I had them on a light switch, so when you flip the switch, all you heard was, oh, mm. What's an 8-track, you ask? Well, the 8-track is a music format which first appeared in the 1960s. It's a tape format which was created so people could play music in their cars. Unlike cassettes, 8-tracks are a continuous loop of tape. They did not need to be turned over to keep playing. So if you've ever taken an 8-track apart, really interesting what made that continuous loop possible. Here's a word that you might remember from school, blast from the past. It was a Mobius strip. Do you remember making these? Cut out a strip of paper, make one fold in it, and then tape it together so it looks like a crinkled figure eight. Now you can draw your pin all the way around this strip without ever lifting it. Fantastic. Undo the tape. Look, you wrote on both sides. That's how the eight tracks worked. <laughs> My mom's eight tracks. One was called Destruction of a Hymen. I found this in a box like, whoa, look, there's a bunch of good tapes. The doors? Mom, you had eight tracks? Wow, Parliament. Destruction of a hymen? Love's second door? Mom! Alright, y'all didn't tell me that Joel Osteen was actually on Anchor. And now here I am talking about the man. Oh, I'll be damned. And I mean it. I'm looking out for lightning bolts now and there's clear blue skies. <laughs> Next time, warn me, y'all. Now I know I can't hold you responsible. This goes back to personal responsibility, just like me and my zipper. But have no fear, I live with my foot in my mouth, so we'll get through it. Joel, hey. No hard feelings, tell Victoria I said hi. Foot and mouth disease is so clear-cut and to the point. I wish most disease names could be this easy, like the chicken pox? Duh, I know how that started. Bird flu, same thing. But scroliosis, rhinitis, I don't know anything about this. How did you get this rhino flu? Stay away from me. But if we just called it... You know, you got the back S's, or man, he's got snots all day, then I think Layman would have a better opportunity of self-diagnosis. Maybe that's just me being lay. Come on, man. Don't self-diagnose, by the way. Go to a trained professional. I don't know why I had to sound like Lauren Michaels, but I'll run with it. Yeah, self-medicating, no problem there. Self-diagnosis, uh-uh-uh, and whatever you do, stay off WebMD. Hey, we're still getting call-ins from people's first albums, and I want to play this one for you in its entirety. Stay with it, all right? It's the best call-in yet. Yo, one of my favorite albums is 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 Nate Dogg's My Music and Me, or I think it was something like that. It was all white cover with, like, red imprinted. 
it's my music and me, music and me by Nate Dogg. But I was a clown, and at the time, they were taking over that sound on that west side with the singing, with the gangster singing. But look, we had a secret Santa in middle school. It was like 2000 or 2001, around the 9-11 era. And Shorty, yo, she had a fat-ass butt, yeah. She had the Parasukos on, and she had picked my name. So she had got me that CD, man. And just because she had a big-ass butt, I played the CD all the time. She would always ask me, you like the CD? You like my gift I got you? I said, hey, yeah, I like the gift I got you. And I sniffed her butt, sniffed her butt some. But, yeah, that, that, that Nate dog, man, Nate dog, and really rest in peace, Nate. One of my favorite albums is 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 Nate Dogg's My Music and Me, or I think it was something like that. It was all white cover with like red imprinted. It's My Music and Me, Music and Me by Nate Dogg. But I was a clown, and at the time, they were taking over that sound on that west side with the singing, with the gangster singing. But look, we had a secret Santa in middle school. It was like 2000 or 2001, around the 9-11 era. And Shorty, yo, she had a fat ass butt, yeah. She had the Parasukos on, and she had picked my name. So she had got me that CD, man. And just because she had a big ass butt, I played the CD all the time. She would always ask me, you like the CD? You like my gift I got you? I said, hey, yeah, I like the gift I got you. And I sniffed her butt, sniffed her butt some. But yeah, that, that, that Nate dog, man. Nate dog, and really rest in peace, Nate. I just learned so much here. I love that call, specifically that part of the call. And Nate Dog, rest in peace. That said, I wish I could make a successories poster out of this quote. Do you remember these successories? They were found in offices everywhere, especially in the sales profession, like a sunset that says, keep on rising till you make it to the top. Or an eagle that says, keep your talons up and your eyes peer, there's opportunity everywhere. Yeah, so I don't know how we do it with sniff, sniff, sniff. Oh, but we're gonna figure out a way. We're gonna figure out a way. Well, we did get a little off the rails today, but we asked for forgiveness all the same, and that's always my advice. Better to ask forgiveness than permission. Hindsight is 2020, and an ounce of prevention is worth a bucket of cliches. We'll come up with more and more the next time we get together and start to explore the wonderful world of joshing around. Until then, smoke weed every day.